Hola YouTube, my name is Ricardo Lino and I'm a wheel addict. Today I'm gonna be speaking with someone which is as much as a wheel addict as I am. Over the last 15 years, this inline skater from the UK who's been living in Barcelona for way too long, but I don't really know for how long he's been living in Barcelona, but we're gonna know today. This inline skater has been developing new products, team managing some brands. He started his own shop and right now is one of the most influential persons when it comes to skating. So let's make a phone call to this guy you guys might know as Ollie Bennett. Let's see how this goes. We had a few problems with audio. Let's hope that the whole thing works right now. How are you doing, Mr. Holly Bennett? <laughs> How are you doing, Mr. Lino? How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Should I tell you to count to 10 for the million time? <laughs> oh, my God. You're lucky it's not 20. I can't count to 20. <laughs> um, I've, uh, I've installed Skype on two computers, one Mac, one PC, one iPad, and one phone, because none of them were working. And they all went off at the same time. It was chaos in here. Like a rave. <laughs> but that's all good because you're still a DJ, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not a no. Not a Skype DJ. That's a new thing. I could try. Yeah, but now you got headphones because Mr. Holly Bennett had to go and buy some headphones to do this Skype interview. So now he got new headphones so he can be a Skype DJ. I know. I've got like I got a proper microphone. I had two headphones. Uh, like one one Euro one from China. I just went to like a. a corner shop down the road and they were trying to sell me secondhand earbuds <laughs> with like wax all over the ear and everything did they work i was like <laughs> i was like do you have any without earwax on them <laughs> like, that's not earwax i'm like that's definitely but that was for free the earwax was for free so you should have bought them maybe <laughs> i guess so i didn't think of it like that <laughs> anyway oh man what a so, day so how long did it take us it took us one hour and ten minutes to set up. Yes, and I was like, uh, but it's also my problem. It's not just you. So uh, I'm still an amateur with this, man. But we're trying. Uh, That's all it matters. For, for an amateur, you've done very well for yourself. The lion life. <laughs> all over the internet. The lion is so good. Uh, wow. The lion life. Wow. <laughs> 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 no, but, but you are really doing an amazing job, so well done for that. Nah, thank you so much. Like I've been just uh, like the intro that I just did before making this phone call, I couldn't say anything wrong about you. Even if a few years ago, somehow in my head you weren't doing the best things, but nowadays <laughs> I have to admit what? I was the wrong one. I'll explain you later, but <laughs> I've always done the best thing. <laughs> did, yeah, it's meant. Did you remember to say, did you remember to say that I was very very strong and good looking? Uh, you still are, man. <laughs> Like a, I, didn't mean, I didn't mean that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, anyway, first yeah. question, man. Why yeah. do you live in Barcelona? Aren't you for the U from the UK? Well, my uh, father was is Spanish, um, from close to Barcelona. Uh, my mother is Welsh, and they met in England and then had me. Um, but as a kid, we would come to Spain for holidays. And for me, it was just the best place in the world. And uh, I was pressuring my parents so much to move to Spain. And they obviously they had work in England, so they couldn't. And uh, as soon as I was old enough, like when I finished my minimum studies, like minimum at 15, I was like, I'm moving. And I just left and 
came to Spain. I just loved it here from really young. <laughs> but did you did you do university or anything like that in Spain, or you never went to university? No, no I went to school for uh, like sort of secondary, like between sixteen and eighteen school, but I got kicked out after about one. I didn't exactly get kicked out, but I didn't I didn't want to. Mm. I didn't want to do school and. Uh, I wasn't doing very well, and the headmistress recommended to my parents that they take me out. And also, I was already getting more into skating, and I just, you know, I guess when you're in early 90s, well, late 90s, you're already, and you're like really into a sport like I was with skating. I just didn't want to study. I'm like, why am I learning history or something? I'd rather yeah, just but, go and jump on it. But from rap. what I remember, you always had like a business mind. I don't know why I always yeah. had that idea about you, so... Well, when I left school, I actually got a, an amazing job. Um, so I was like 17 years old, maybe 17, 18, and I got a job as a sales representative for an English company in Spain. And that included, uh, they provided me with a car, with a flat, and like an amazing wage for the time. No uh, headphones. They didn't give you headphones. <laughs> no. <laughs> Damn. Damn it. <laughs> I was selling like la lava lamps and picture frames. <laughs> no headphones and uh so what i had to do is i got in my car and i had like a, a car full of like samples so like picture frames uh water lamps lava lamps table lamps and i'd go to all like warehouses around spain and um try and sell this stuff to them um and uh i did the whole thing myself all the invoicing all the selling and it, i would go to these places and it would just be full of like 50 60 year old men with their cigars And there would just be me, like a 17, 18-year-old kid that spoke sort of half Spanish, half English. <laughs> and it, went, it was really good. And I, uh, I did that job for right up to about 2024, I think, when I got offered a job at Powerslide with like 250,000 times less wage. <laughs> <laughs> and no car and no flat. And I still took it, which was crazy at the time. Now, I remember you were doing what you loved to. I remember when I was already... Skating for Power Slide. I wasn't still working for Power Slide, but I remember adding a meeting with Bauer and Matthias. And that's when Matthias first offered me to to be a team manager for Undercover. And that day when I came out of the, um, the meeting, I remember I was speaking to Bauer and they were just saying that back then, even if you were just a skate tester, you were the best athlete that they had back then because you were the only one giving feedback and like always excited about trying stuff. I think like that's something that a lot of people was, I think there was a lot more people excited about skating, but no one was really trying to do something for skating as much as you were already back then. So, I think uh, I came from a background because when I was young, I was working at my parents. Uh, they have a light fitting shop. So I was always building lamps. And when I at Powerside was sending me all these goods, I just loved taking them apart and seeing how they were made and like, At the time, I just really liked the idea of thinking of ways of making things better. So I'd sent so many emails like, oh, I like this, but this has happened. Why don't you change this? Why don't you do that? And they really, really enjoyed this. But for me, it was just a hobby. I just felt like doing it. Um, and then they started asking more and more questions about stuff I didn't know. So they would send me more and more goods to test. And I was, I was loving it. I just had loads of things to play with all the time. But no, I never thought of doing it professionally. No, but now I start, I start like... Putting dots together, one question. Did the LED lights, the photon lights, came from you? Because now I see, like, 
you had like a lamps background then you mix <laughs> and then you come into skating did you did you put all that together no that was kenneth that was that was absolute genius from kenneth because even though it already existed he came up with the idea of putting it on skates and i think a lot of people might have just said oh that's just cheesy but i mean it's unbelievable how many uh, millions of those wheels were sold like millions it's brilliant Just give me one second, because yeah. I think my dog has a flea and he can't stop scratching. So there's a lot of noise coming in here. Deco, I just gave you the... That's sexy. <laughs> Very sexy. Yeah. Just this dog. But at least she doesn't have, she doesn't have earwax, which is a cool thing. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, yeah, man. I've got, uh, I've got random earwax in my ear alongside my own earwax. <laughs> and then I'll just put it all together and make a block for skating later, you know? Have you tried earwax or just rails? No, not really, but the surfwax works really good. Oh, really? Yeah, have you tried it? I always use candles. Yeah, can the thing is, candles are like... Wax. Imagine, look at surfwax as when you have candles in summer, like with a like super warm temperature, they yeah. tend to get like super soft. So if you go to a really rough ledge, if you have surfwax, maybe not in the summer because <laughs> then it's going <laughs> to melt everywhere but like when it's cold i don't think you have that much of that problem in in barcelona but like for people who live in cold places if they have surf wax they work really nice on ledges because somehow they just work like regular well, that, candle in that's summer kind of ironic though because if you live in a cold place you probably won't be able to get surf wax <laughs> yeah. that, that's a business to start huh a business to start right there surf the ledges in the winter so you didn't start yeah. the the photon wheels the light wheels but no that was kind of Yes, but I mean, where, had, from uh, where did the power blading thing came from? The big wheels, UFS, did that came from uh, you? That's a good question. Power blading. Um, Maybe you shouldn't like say the whole word, huh? Because you might be sued just from saying. Already, but they've already tried to sue me twice. <laughs> <laughs> so just tell even, us the I whole think, story. I think maybe legally I'm not allowed to say the word rollerblade. So uh, we'll have to beat that one out. Just say, I can um, put the beep. I can say, roll a beep. It's all good. That's not a problem. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. Uh, basically, um, I moved to Barcelona. I lived in a town very far away, and I had to drive always. And then I moved to the center, and parking a car in Barcelona is a, it's just um, it's impossible. It's a nightmare. Man, it's like last time I was there with a car was two years ago for the Barcelona Roller Dance. And I had to took my van when I was living in Portugal. I had that cargo van. And I had to took the mm. van with me. And I ended up spending 200 euros just to be in Barcelona for two days because there was no other way for me to have a car in Barcelona. So two That's days costed me 200 euros. And I didn't even use the car because then I couldn't park it anywhere. So. I know. And not only that, if you park it on the street, you're very likely to have it broken into or hit. So I had this really like car I really liked, but I couldn't park it anywhere. So I sold it. And I asked Carlside to give me some UFS frames like that were on the cell, like 80 millimeter UFS frames for my shadows. Yeah, I remember uh, those, the aluminium ones. Exactly. I had and those. I, like, basically, I wanted to move around town. I didn't want to use anything other than skates because I've been skating my whole life, like every day. 
And at that time, I was skating around on aggressive skates. And it was like the first time I tried... That wasn't the most enjoyable thing, huh? (laughs) (laughs) No. But for us, it was normal then. Now I can't do like one street on aggressive skates. I I just can't do it. It's too hard. Um, And I put these uh, these 80 millimeter wheels on and I was... It just felt amazing. Like, I just felt... I just felt like I was flying, you know? And... um, uh, And I did it for myself. So I can't say that I like made anything magical happen but i just enjoyed doing that and then uh richie eisler uh moved to barcelona for the powerhouse mm-hmm. and he first came to my house and where they were the powerhouse was about uh maybe 40 minutes half an hour skate from my house yeah we're talking and about 2010 had, 2011 right something like that oh geez i can't remember yeah. maybe yeah. earlier no yeah. Whereas, yeah it must have been about that and uh and he didn't have like a bike card he only had aggressive skates or not even he didn't speak the language um and i I was like look you just want to borrow borrow these skates and skate for the house and i'll give you a map because there was no other way unless i took him there uh on a bus or something which is really annoying um and then he went home and he was like wow that was the most fun ever and uh and then dustin came and he tried them too and he loved them too and then we sort of sat together the three of us and we're like this is the best feeling just to roll around again I think maybe aggressive skating had got to a point where everyone had gone almost down to type M frames and 54 millimeter wheels. Yeah, and back then we were talking so about like small. people wasn't even using people weren't even using 60 millimeter wheels. They were using like no. See, I remember that your wheels were selling the most because they were 57s or 58s, and mine's were 55s. I think mine were 55. No, but you, the second one was a little bit bigger. I remember mine was a 54. Was maybe. Maybe, but I, even I like skating 55s. I thought, yeah, more, more space to grow. <laughs> Same um, with me, 54 is less to bend when you top, when you topside cheating. <laughs> you had 54. <laughs> yes, <laughs> two years in a row, Jeez. 54s, <laughs> like a real gangster. Yeah, I would have thought that was fine. <laughs> so we would skip like that. That's brave. Um, but. Um, and we suddenly found like a new thing that we suddenly loved, which is skating around. Um, but we missed, you know, we were trying to grind on our aluminium frames, but we were scratching them all and you couldn't have changed the bolts. So uh, we wrote to Powerslide and said, Powerslide, why don't we make a grindable frame so you can also travel around and grind? And at the time, like free skate or fitness was like a very negative thing. You know, if someone free skated, it was because they were too afraid to do aggressive skating. Mm-hmm. And if you saw the videos, they were really bad. Like a lot of the videos were just people doing Michael Jackson's jumping off a curb and stuff, you know? Yeah, no control um, at all. And I know what you no. mean. So we didn't want to suddenly become like free skaters or fitness skaters. Uh, so we thought, well, let's make up a new name that makes it a cool new sport because it was impossible to market to free skating or, and even power blading was almost impossible because a lot of hate came to it. But the actual power blading name, I believe, came from the Vine House in Australia, mm-hmm. where um, like CJ and he would be. He got, I think, he got some skates from Seba or something, or, or he just had some secondhand skates. Or, and he just was like, "No, uh, let's go power blading," and he would just power off in his power blade. <laughs> and uh, Richie said that this, they all thought it was cool to call it power blading in in Vine, in the Vine House. And we all thought, yeah, that works. That's really, you know, it sounds a lot more fun than free skating and fitness skating down the beach. So we decided to create a power blading line uh, from Kaiser, which was the Advance and the Arrow. Mm-hmm. 
um, and we didn't even want to group. We just wanted to sort of fitness skate, but really yeah, fast. You could mark you and, and stuff like that. Basically. Yeah. The idea was just to go really fast and do quick grinds. And that was powerblading. Uh, but it, it didn't have much. It sort of had a, a really strong support with the powerblading.org, the website that I built. Like it wasn't a power slide thing. I just did it because I wanted to push the thing. It was my project. And it did really, really well. The problem was there became a problem because Rollerblade own pretty much anything that has the word blade in it. And they also had a skate called the Power Blade oh my in the 90s or something. And then, uh, and then it all got really complicated, you know, and then uh, letters. And, and in the end, it was just something I wasn't making any money off. So I just sort of, not that I wanted to make money. I loved the whole thing, but I didn't want to be in legal problems because of it. And it sort of let it drift away. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Even like when the first three wheel skates first showed up at first, they were tri-blades and then yeah. they had to be, I remember I, I saw like, it was like a 30 page email PDF from rollerblade just saying like, you better roller peep, just saying that you need to. <laughs> I, I mean i think they they are the ones that take themselves the most serious in a way i think uh i think what the story is is that they sort of ignored their trademark for a long time and i don't know if it's true or not but i think they lost it somewhere you know because people started calling it rollerblading mm -hmm. so often like i don't know if it's kleenex that lost it but you know if you use the word so much mm -hmm. then your trademark's revoked um and then they sort of now they're being really anal about it, and I don't know, whatever. Uh, like they they would sooner send you a letter from a lawyer than just asking you nicely. Like, but whatever. I mean, they have a, they're, they're like a multi-million dollar company owned by a ski company. It's yeah, which is Nordica. It's not really. Right? Yeah, uh, when you've got like a, a Nordica as the owner of your company, you can do anything. But you were all also into the three wheel thing in the beginning. I remember it was like mainly with Kenneth and you, right? When the three wheels start first start coming on skates, when they first start uh, using three wheel skates again, because back in the early nineties, late eighties, the first skates they were three wheels. But you know, I don't remember uh, my first three wheel skates. Was it? Oh no, the dupes. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, I did. Yeah, basically, what happened is they made a the one one ten mega cruiser frames, um, which I tried with one twenty five wheels straight away, and it was it was quite scary actually. I remember just flying down a hill and a car shot out, and I thought I was going to die. I thought it was the end of my life. <laughs> but getting getting around was a lot of fun, and it, it makes so much sense to do three wheels because uh, if it's the same length, it's so easy to turn, and you know. The smaller the wheel, obviously, the more aggressive the skating. So jumping, grinding, sliding. But skating is also the best way of getting around town. It makes so much sense to have big wheels because, you know, you notice less of the bad flaws. And, um, I think it makes a lot of sense to skate around town for us. But at the same time, there's a, a big problem with skating, which is you still need to take your shoes off and putting them on. And I think that I'm pretty sure that's the reason why Dupe first, came out as a skate for for fitness skating or free skating or whatever you want to call it like transportation but yeah um the question that i was the going with the, yeah. <laughs> sorry no you can say it you can say it 
No, I'd say like the dupe is a really good idea, and and it, I think it's good for like advanced skaters, and the shoe thing's convenient. But in the end, you still have to carry your skates everywhere, so it's yeah. sort of semi convenient. Yeah. And I think there's not really. I mean, even if you're on a bike, you still have to train a bike up. So there's not like a perfect. If you have a car, you have to park a car. The fact is, it's always something you have to add to yourself. Um, skates in between all the other things. Are But I guess that's like the thing. same as the skateboarding, right? As a skateboard, if mm. if you skateboard around town, you still need to carry it, even if it's like, yeah, yeah it's a trendy, cool thing, or it used to be, because now yeah. it's somehow used, it's not as trendy as it used to be. No. But uh, the question is not even that. Like the reason why I asked you about the three wheels thing is like, doesn't it feel good after like a brand like that, that almost that tried to sue you and all that stuff? now is trying to to do something that you feel like since the beginning you're part of it like the three wheel thing skating like developing a new product and now all these like a multi-millionaire brand like a um, i don't even know how you say it, like a a really rich brand yeah, multi-million dollar yeah. yeah now doing the same like imagine you develop the products and now you see like the the big ones come and they use your idea somehow doesn't that feel good no Yeah, uh, I mean, if I thought that they were a pioneer, then in a way, yes. But I think when you become such a big company, you sort of lose. And like, it's I've got to be really careful to talk bad about Royal Bay because I've got friends that are involved. But like, they're not. It's not like they've come out with any revolutionary products in a in a, about twenty years since like the TRS or something. Um, the Greg skate is quite cool. Have... The 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 new Metro Blade is cool. I like the, the skate, the way oh, it yeah. looks and everything. It's it's completely yeah. different. Actually, that, that's very clever, and I like the the way they've mixed the carbon and the plastic. Yeah. But I mean, if you compare it to a Deshi, it's not that much different. Yeah. You know, it's a very <laughs> similar construction. And like, like I, I don't want to say that Roll Blade tried to sue me either. I, I, have, I have to be very careful. <laughs> okay. I'm just the one little guy. But. Um, I think Rollblade had to not re basically power slide with the first, you know, with the pleasure tools frame. It was absolutely brilliant. Uh, and you have to recognize that. Uh, but it wasn't very good for plastic skates. And then Flying Eagle came along with the, um, with the Supersonic, which was ideal for plastic skates. And then who else? Seba came out with them. Like if Rollblade didn't come out with it, they would just be so far behind that they kind of had to. I Of course, I like the fact that they were that they followed on. I, sort of, I don't really know how. God, I have to be so careful. Um, <laughs> yes, it's very nice. How about that pronunciation? Lovely, <laughs> <laughs> lovely. I, I, I want everyone to be happy and healthy. Now that <laughs> no, now that you spoke about like you, you were speaking about like huge brands like Fila and Fila, maybe not as big in skating, but big as a brand, or at least it used to be. Like even Nike was in skating and Rollerblade, K2 and all those. You know exactly the size of Power Slide. <laughs> When I mean the yeah. size is like how much people work inside, how big are the offices, how big are the warehouse. Can you just explain to to the people listening to this how big it is? Because a lot of people they they refer to power slide as if it's if they're as if they're talking about adidas of inline skating yeah. something like a huge like corporation like 
I think if you'd have to compare the different brands, you've got like, um, you know, say with K2, Fila, they're probably in a very similar type thing. You know, they're owned by, well, actually Fila is, is a, a license. It's not even actual Fila. But obviously they're focused on um, superstores, decathlons and fitness skates. And mm-hmm. I'm not really sure how many people in that company skate. So they just sort of produce products. Yeah. Uh, K2, uh, obviously. Do, do you think Fila has their own molds or they just buy? No, I'm, no, I'm pretty sure they don't, for sure. I don't think Fila's a very big company, if I had to guess. I don't know for sure, but okay. the, the, like, the people I've spoken to at Fila are really nice. But it's not, they're not massively in sort of part of the core scene, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, they, they live off commercial, really, not not what the, you know, us lot. Okay. Um, and then obviously K2 sort of pops in and pops out ever so often, but doesn't really. <laughs> What's your opinion really... about K2? I know that you had a little problem with yeah. K2. Man, if, you're, if well, you don't want to talk I'll... about it, it's all good. But me and Jan, we spoke about it a little no. bit on the interview that we did last week. So. Yeah, uh, uh, K2, um, I've never had an opinion at all about them because they're, they're, not, they're not present in places like Spain, you know. I know they're big in Germany, but no one in Spain skates K2s. I've never even seen a pair, I think, except from a tourist or something. So they weren't really on my radar, but I tried on the new K2s, and I really thought they looked pretty cool, and I liked the comfort. And I thought they were quite clever, but um, the way they've managed the business side has been horrific to us. You know, we we basically uh, had to pre-order them and with... Uh, like a year in advance almost or six or seven months in advance and they arrived at the shop and we immediately put them on the price that they told us to sell them for and then they were selling them on Amazon for 70 euros cheaper than us like 70 euros cheaper than the shops of course that means that as a shop you might as well just throw them away and we had the option of either sending them back after like emailing back and forth I emailed uh, I emailed loads of people no one were answering me so uh, I just feel like they're not very helpful. To, unless it was a mistake, I just think it's really not a nice way to treat the shops. Because if without shops, you're not going to have people being able to try stuff on. You're not really going to just browse online and find out skates on Amazon. But you might walk past the shop and go, oh, I would mind trying skates. I don't know. The thing is, in my opinion, the shops, at least the ones that I know in Spain, they're not just shops, man. I look at your shop and I know like you're doing classes it's like you offer classes. People can go there. They buy the skate, but it's the whole experience. You'll teach them yeah. how to skate. You'll take them out like whenever you guys organize events, people are informed about it. It's just, of course, in the end, you sell skates and you make some profit. But the whole thing is making yeah. the scene grow. So if some brands like- are not really into helping that man i don't want to say yeah, anything I, I, bad or I, wrong I, about it but just... i know I, I just think there's like two sides to to the industry there's the side the business side which is completely understandable i mean every business is a business um and there's there are some that care you know like power slides we were talking before about how big or small they are compared to these brands i've had my problems with power slides like Ever since I opened the shop, it's been love-hate relationship. But I can't deny that they've always really wanted to progress skating, you know. 
mm-hmm. maybe a bit too much because there's just way too much going on for for a shop to deal with. But the fact that they did bring in the photons, which which revolutionized, I think a lot of people noticed skates because of the photons and the three wheel thing. Um, I know that they're trying to make skating look cool with the the sways and stuff. Uh, the swells, like the swells, you mean? Yeah, so I always get them muddled up. The swells, <laughs> uh, but I know they're and, and they keep bringing out aggressive skates in a time where it's not easy to sell aggressive skates. I know. And, um, but it's definitely driven by passion. It's it's kind of like a, a crazy, crazy car, clown car, or something with loads of things going on all the time. But you know, really like passionate about it. Whereas. I think most of the other brands are sort of popping in and out. Say, anything happening now? Oh, I'll try again in a couple of years. How about now? No, I'll come back again later. <laughs> but at least power slider, you know. And they're also not owned by anyone apart from people. Yeah, the thing they're is, like, like what happens with power slider is like we were speaking about it yesterday. Like, man, we both. Compl- I, I, that's one of the things that I said in this intro. Is like I I call myself a wheel addict, but you're not less of a wheel addict than I am. But the thing is, Power Slide is owned by by a wheel addict himself, which is Matthias. Like, he's probably even more addicted to skating than we are, and it's no, he's ins- man, it's weird. It's like he's like I speak with him about crazy. developing a roller skating, and I'm explaining him how the skate needs to be in a backslide or whatever, and he knows exactly what I'm talking about. Then he's talking with like the best speed skater in the whole world and he knows exactly what it's i know it's his business but at the same time the amount of detail and the amount of knowledge that he has with all yeah. types of skating it doesn't matter if it's roller derby if it's whatever <laughs> it's just yeah for sure he's a he's an incredible guy like working with him i was i was a huge fan um because he, he just loves every single type of skate. He gets super excited about an aggressive skate. Like, have you ever even done aggressive skating? He's sort of skated around the park. He did. He did. So, huh? He told he, me. You, know, you know what? He told me like when skating first <laughs> started, he got. that was at the same time that he also started distribution for some brands. So back then it was like Hyper and I think he started also with Senate and all that stuff. And it was before, I think it was before USD, a little bit before USD. So he started aggressive skating and Bauer was also aggressive skating. So then he went to a race because he used to be like, for some people that don't know, he used to be like a really, really good speed skater. So he went to a race somewhere. I don't know if it was in China or something like that. So he was away for like two, three weeks. So when he got back, the other guys like Bauer could already do a lot of tricks. So he's like, oh my God, I can't, I can't pick up with these guys. So... Because <laughs> he's a master, I think he stay there. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's. I mean, he's he's great. I think maybe uh, he drives people crazy at work because he's so passionate about it. But I mean, he's the, he's the first person there, and he's the last person to leave. Like every single day. I know, like, man. Now I own my own company. I sort of arrived late. And, uh... <laughs> no, and it's like. You had a few meetings with him. So, you know, like when you're having a meeting and then he's just like, okay, just give me half an hour. And then he goes out, he goes for the physiotherapist or whatever, because his back is not the best. And then he comes back to the meeting yeah. and then he keep having the meeting. And then two hours later, he's like, I need to go for a skate. Then he goes for a skate half an hour, 45 minutes, he trains <laughs> and he comes back and he, <laughs> the whole thing keeps going. just funny, man. <laughs> yeah. I remember like I was, uh, Skating. I was obviously an aggressive skating for many, many years. Oh, I started like really young, and uh, I thought I was like awesome. I 
super cool skater dude and he was just like a like a but us aggressive skaters back in the day we thought anyone that didn't do aggressive was an amateur you know so i was like cool matthias just speed skating whatever but that's just sort of skating along the beach so i went skating with him and he was pushing me the whole way he's like man you have terrible style you doesn't know how you skate he was, he was laughing at me and I, for the first time realized i wasn't a super cool skater dude better than all the other people <laughs> he, he could he was like, I don't know, what, 50 odd, and I was like 25 or something. He was pushing me. <laughs> Everyone I, that I, skates I was, with those two guys, him and Scott. Scott is the guy in charge of the. Yeah. The, yeah I think he's the, speed, he's the guy in charge of speed skating at Power Slide. Yeah. He moved to, you know him, but some people yeah, listening yeah, yeah. to this don't know him. So Scott is just. He moved from New Zealand to Germany and is in charge of the speed skating department. Like, those two guys, like. It's a complete joke. <laughs> they're always oh, making fun yeah. of each other. And like they're way too good at skating, both of them. Well, and when Joost was there too, they were. It was just a thief <laughs> between all of them. Who could skate the fastest and do the best double push? <laughs> anyway, so I'm going back to the beginning of this. When I told you that for a few years, I was like, I used to look at Holly and I was like, somehow I felt like Holly did something wrong and. Of course, you were doing the best, but for me, you know what happened? I don't know if I ever told you this or not, but this is what happened, really. So, a few years ago, before, like, I was, I already knew you, and I had that meeting that I just said in the beginning of this interview that I'm doing with you, and PowerSlide proposed me to do brand management, and at the time was also it was team and brand management for Undercover. So Undercover was about to change from from the cheapest brand in the market, the cheapest wheel brand in the market, to to a real wheel brand. And we wanted to to try something different. That's when we came with a colored wheels idea, because back then all the wheels were white and boring. So that's when we came mm. first with a with those wheels. And I had to put a team together. And when I put the team together, there was a few skaters that I put on the team. One was Matt Hogger, Matthias Hogger. And the other one of the other ones was was you. And the reason why I put you on the team was like, of course I knew how good of a skater you were. I knew how professional you were, and at the same time you could help me with two markets because you were living in Spain, but you were originally from the UK. So you having a no. pro wheel, the UK people would buy your wheel and then the Spanish people would buy your wheel. It somehow I was like trying to get to two markets with one skater because I had like reduced budget. And that was amazing. Which I'm and still were... very thankful for. No, nah, man, you were amazing with it. And you were, I'm not going to say that you did anything wrong. I'm just going to admit right. how wrong I was. And that's why I'm having this conversation. So what happened later was like, you kept doing always an amazing job and always like every time that I sent you an email for like, whatever, a wheel graphic or whatever we needed to do, you always came with the wheel graphic the next day or two or three or five options and then someone helping to editing the video and already with ideas for the next year. And like it was your passion talking for you, like just you were doing it really, really good. And what happened was like I was just too young and was too busy traveling and partying and drinking at night and whatever i wasn't even living in portugal back then i think i was living in hungary and i was always just trying to go to, from place to place place to place and for me what i was doing was like something that I, th i thought it was like would never change so i wouldn't even reply to emails the whole time and i wasn't seriously nowadays if i look back 
I was the worst guy to do the job I was supposed to. Not because no, I didn't I'm... no, not because I didn't have the passion or I didn't have the the communication with the skaters, but I didn't understand back then how important it was for me to stay in contact with the mother house that was power slide and with the skaters and all that. I was in contact with the skaters, but replying emails was part of my thing. Every single day I should have stopped a little bit and do my thing. And I couldn't think about it, man. Like I told you, I was too busy with a lot of things, but you were that guy. You were just, because I remember back then you were still working for maybe that lamp company. I remember that you were still working with something else. Yeah. So you were sitting on the computer, you're doing all those things that I should be doing. So slowly you start getting into the brand and slowly I stepped getting out of the brand. So when I finished my graduation, I was just for me back then, now that I look at it, it just seems weird. But for me back then, I remember looking at skating and thinking, I don't really know if I want to do this. I, f I felt like a, I don't know, like a lion in a cage in circus some somehow i wasn't yeah. doing it because i wanted anymore and i was doing because i had to but no one ever told me to do something i was just putting myself in it in that situation and you you were doing the exact opposite so somehow inside me i started growing something against you and like why why is he you know i didn't i had no idea I yeah but, I but it's a stupid thing you know that's why i'm telling you this somehow i ended up growing something inside me like he's taking my place and you weren't taking my place you were doing your job which wasn't even a job you were doing your thing as you should have been doing and i wasn't doing my thing and so well, it was I'm just sure a natural every, <laughs> everyone has some kind of i mean you must be right in some ways like for me at the time i was uh i'd been asked to start a clothing brand so i started stigma yeah, but that was amazing Power Slide didn't really know how to manage a clothing company. You, know, they, you order so many sizes, and then skate shops weren't really selling clothing anymore since Senate sort of, and all those brands had stopped doing clothes. And so they kept getting left with lots of random sizes. And they said to me, all right, well, instead of doing that, how about you do Deshi as well? I was like, okay, I'll do Deshi now. And then they were like, oh, and obviously when I started doing Deshi, I was a team rider, and Randy Spicer and Louis Zamora were doing Deshi. Uh, but they were not answering emails at all. I know what you mean. Time, I think. But I don't really know because I wasn't in the management part. Matthias just said to me when they look, can you manage Deshi for me? And I was like, right, uh, sure. <laughs> okay, that's like a dream come true in a way. But I know for sure probably Spizer and Samora also had, were really angry about it against me, I imagine, also. But at the time, I was working for a company that that I was like, like I was saying, I'd drive around, sell all my stuff, and then I'd spend the rest of the week just typing up invoices. So I was just on the internet all the time. So anytime an email came in, I'd just answer it straight away. And Matthias, on the other hand, was dealing with uh, riders that were probably, I don't know if they were upskating or what, whatever they were doing, but they could only answer emails maybe once a day. Man, I used to, so, I remember, I should be replying emails more than once a day. And for so many yeah. times, I didn't even reply emails once a day. So that's why I said, like, you, I'm not even, saying that you did anything wrong. It was just like the way things went and yeah. the way things, the way I felt things back then. And it took me a few years, man. Only like, let me tell you, I think like two years ago. So it was like a few years that like somehow I didn't understood what was happening. And I was like, I thought yeah. you were the one doing something wrong. But I, I spoke with you last year, kind of. But that's why I also wanted to have this conversation. And I'm cool with that, like speaking yeah. about it right now, because it took me a little bit to understand. First, like it took me a little bit to understand 
why I should be skating, man. I, I somehow stopped skating for a bit because of I, I thought yeah. my body couldn't take it anymore. So I was riding bikes because I, I couldn't do like stupid that drop rails or super steep rails anymore. You my did body, a lot of stupid drop rails. I know, but my body doesn't <laughs> get, couldn't take it anymore. So every time I was trying yeah. to skate, my feet was getting super swollen. And, and I just thought, yeah. no, I can't skate anymore. But it, it took me, a, like, I think it was back when I moved to Cape Town. That's when I slowly started skating, like just distance skating and skating around, like yeah. completely enjoying sk skating on a different level, you know? And that's when I realized like what I was not, what I wasn't doing. And I think that's when I started working with power slide again, which yeah. was like around two and a half years ago. That's when I realized yeah. how wrong I was before and how you didn't do the wrong think, stuff uh, that I thought you did. So I probably did make a lot of enemies. I mean, maybe I was quite ambitious, but at the same time, I was just so passionate about it. Yeah. Every email, I remember every email from Matthias and I'd get maybe... 20 a day i'll be like yes what does he say yes what's this one saying <laughs> yeah. i just really liked it so but for them it made sense i guess because if they were paying you to do undercover me to do stigma louis and brandy to do uh uh desi yeah they expect uh, everyone I, to react the same but then one is like always there and then the other one does it once in two or three days replies to the emails it's not the same so it's just yeah it but must i think be... what that happened is that you know once you've if you've got one guy that's constantly, you know, maybe I was too eager, uh, like the goody-goody of the class. But then after I finished all my stick emails, then I've got nothing to do. So I just sort of, they're like, well, how about, can you help us with this? Because this guy isn't answering. Like, okay, what do you need? Like, can you do this text for us? I'm like, yeah, there you go. How about this? And I, I, and I think, I know um, PowerSlide also in the past have hired and fired people very quickly in a way that have has upset people. But I think it's, I would never consciously step on someone else. I know, man. I, I know. I now feel a little bit what you're talking about. I feel that now yeah. since because since I got back to PowerSlide, there's a, a lot of new people inside the brand that wasn't there when I first were. And some of them don't even know what I did before for the brand or which brands yeah. I work. So some people might feel like that with me now. But like, you know what? I do this because I love it. And I'm like, yeah, I think I'm the luckiest guy alive for that. So... And that's why I, I felt like I needed to tell you this. So at least it's recorded. Yeah. Well, I, I would uh, I would apologize for my part. I, I will say I never do, but I under I understand completely. I mean, if I was pushed out of something I love by someone, I would be very upset. No, but you need to um, be you need to do your thing good because if you really love it, man, put yeah. the time in it. <laughs> that's it, and I didn't. Yeah. So. Let's go. I Next question. Next question. Let's. <laughs> Give me one, se one second. I'm freezing cold. I'm just going to put a hoodie on. It's all good. Uh, sure, after a break, and I'm back. <laughs> How big is skating in Spain, man? Uh, it's hard to say, but um, it must be so much bigger than the majority of places. For example, we get a week around 200 people in our classes, mm -hmm. That's, uh, of which maybe about 30 something are kids around age between four and 10. On, a, on an average uh, day, like. 
bad... like Monday to Friday, maybe maybe twenty, but like on the weekends, one hundred fifty to two hundred. And just a, and a, it, a shop question that has nothing to do with that. Just a, do you have days that you don't sell skates at all? No. Okay. And like yeah. a, the day that you sell the most skates, how much skates did you sold in a shop in one day? Jeez. Um, that's a hard question because I'm not in the shop so much. Maybe, I don't know, 20 pairs or something. Okay. That's really good. It's like... But I'd, I'd, yeah. And you were saying like classes and you do more events other than the, the classes or? Uh, we do like one skate night a month where anyone can come okay um other than that we've done a couple of things but it's quite hard to organize like because a lot of the stuff we would have to do would be volunteer to okay. organize an event because you know events cost a fortune and also we don't really need to we already like stressed to the limit like when we started the business it was just uh well it started me in my basement and then and then that was roller outlet and then roic started with me and my business partner And now there's eight of us, you know, in two and a half years or something. And even that's not enough to manage it. It's crazy. <laughs> um, so we don't like even just doing what we do now is stressful without having to add events to it. But we try and we're just trying to start new skaters. That's what the classes are all about. Show people how much fun it can be. Okay. Do, do you also have different um, levels of classes? I remember the last time I was in in Barcelona like two three months ago uh mm. there was the there was this sorry i remember that like when i was in barcelona like two three months ago there was this shop roller 360 or something like that and they were doing yeah. sliding classes do you also have like sliding classes and all these different uh, types of we classes have on, on the saturdays we do junior advanced junior beginner secondary beginner intermediate and advanced And then the advanced, for example, would be doing slides, jumps, uh, all of that stuff. And the intermediate would be learning how to like do small jumps and go backwards and stuff. And then the beginner classes are basically going up and downstairs. So we do everything. And in the week, we do aggressive, free skate, which includes slides and jumps and stuff. Uh, roller fit, which is just like an intense workout. Um, and what else do we do? I'm missing one. Oh, beginner again. That's of course, cool. beginner is the main one because a lot of people come to the shop and they're like, oh, I don't know if I really, maybe I don't like skating, so I don't really think I'm going to buy something. They're like, okay, how about this? Come to the class for free. We'll lend you skates for free. And if you don't like it, don't buy skates. And of course, everyone likes skating. Who doesn't like skating? It's yeah. impossible. It's, it's that smile on your face, just priceless, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Like when people come in and, and I'm like, so did you enjoy it? They're like, I love it. Show me which skates are. Like, Here we go. <laughs> you know and no no it's not about our business for me it's like about the whole thing you know starting myself on a pair of skates in the 90s and now being able to see so many people on skates again it feels like you've formed a part of the whole thing I don't, you know, and do you think that um, the your personality which is like super obvious with with the social media from from Roex, do you think that helps having more people into skating because i know like a lot of time that you you guys make some marketing stuff like whatever those little funny videos a lot of people end yeah. up sharing with some in my opinion that helps skating but do you think you have a yeah. lot of, a lot more clients because of it people get to the shop because of your social media strategy or yeah for sure like um 
you know, numbers are always a good reference for our business. We have like uh, 38,000 on Insta, uh, on Facebook and like 30-something thousand on Instagram too. Um, I think people consider you a, a serious business when you have that much of a following. And I think they probably take it into account when they're searching for shops or, you know, they'll probably go, well, if these people have 38,000 followers and 4.9 star reviewed. And, and we get that from... I guess just have fun. Like a lot of the videos are definitely not orientated to selling. Like they're nothing to do with selling skates. Yeah, but, but they, no, it's not about selling the skates. It's about it people it spreading skating. But people yeah. will share skating and somehow they're like advertising skating in general. But yeah. what I like the yeah, most it's is... It's just like, advertising. It's personality in it. And there's also uh, fun and, and a very positive vibe. We never go for like negative stuff. So it's just like, you know, skating's fun, funny friendship and have a laugh and i mean i don't know how many non-skaters say our videos but i think a lot of people see it a lot of people and now every now and then i get like someone sharing stuff that you guys made on my on my facebook or something or like a message or an instagram or like a comment on instagram with my name what what i think it's interesting is that you guys have like such a big audience but you you keep doing everything in spanish of course you are based in spain but don't you guys sell to the rest of Europe or just sell yeah, in Spain? Yeah, we do. The problem is, is if, uh, if you do post in two languages, it, you alienate people. It's weird. I've tried doing stuff in English, but then uh, the Spanish people won't share it. I, do, I once did a test where I did exactly the same post, like a meme type post in Spanish and in English and so, to see which one had more reactions and the Spanish one did by a long way. Also, of course, our business is, is definitely mainly in Spain. Uh, and then you just have to decide to follow one thing because if you do half and this half and that you sort of lose i think you lose your core yeah because you don't we definitely have people that are there every day liking what we do sharing what we do i think they started seeing stuff like yeah mate have a look at this one they'd sort of not (laughs) not really get it (laughs) i get get facebook facebook does have the option of uh, translating some uh, i think it's the uh, photo posts so we, we we add in translations so mm-hmm. if your uh, browser is in english you will yeah, see it. depending where on where you are you'll see it yeah in that language that's cool. but uh, uh you know our international sales are a lot lower than our national ones so we have to stick to a theme okay and what's your relation with flying eagle how did it start what do you do for them now what's exactly your role okay the, the flying eagle thing is uh, it's a really good story. I don't know if I get into the whole thing, but when we opened the shop, um, we we planned to work a lot with uh, like associations and free skate school, and we also were going to be the first 100% inline shop. I don't know if in Spain, but one of the first for sure, like 100% inline, nothing else. Not because I don't like anything else, but because we wanted to be specialists. Um, and... Seba weren't answering our emails. Uh, Fila sold to us. Powerslide sold to us. Um, and Rollerblade pulled out like three days before we had to open, which was horrible. At the time, it's horrible. Imagine you've invested your life savings into a business. And they just, they just, uh, we asked them for the information. They came and visited us. They said the project looked great. And we're like, oh, we're waiting for our order. Have you got any news? And they're like, oh, yes, you guys. Oh, uh, yeah, we're not going to sell to you. What, why don't like, they sell to you guys? I don't. I have honestly no idea. I like at the time, maybe because we were a new small shop and they thought it wasn't worth it. 
but now we're one of the biggest shops in Spain at least and they still won't sell to us and I have no idea why it makes no sense to me like business wise I think they you think it has anything to do with the power blading thing sure you think it has I just don't like I've spoken to Robert International about it and they're, they're like they like us but it's, it's a Spanish problem. The, the ah, Spanish it's Rollerblade Spain that doesn't sell to you, is that it? Rollerblade Spain. Yeah, and I, like, I honestly can't think of one reason how it would make business sense for them. Because every, we sell in like tons and tons of skates and none of them are Rollerblade. So, you know, is there, whatever. Is there Works any other shop next to you that sells Rollerblade or something like that? Could that be it? Yeah, but there's, uh, there's since, since then, other shops have opened near us that do sell Rollerblade. It's only us that don't. <laughs> but anyway, that, that's, at least you're unique, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically, imagine you opening an, uh, with your life savings an inline only skate shop. You have no sebar, you have no rollerblade, and you're just selling power slide and feeler. So people were coming to the shop, trying on all of our skates, and then going to another shop so they could try on the rest. So they'd even buy stuff that they tried on our shop, but in another shop. And that was like heartbreaking. I'd spend an hour there with people trying on skates and I'd see them the next day with the same skates bought from someone else so they could try other skates on. I said, I'm not, I'm not having this. And uh, I just went out looking. And actually some, some rollerblader from Africa sent me a message and he's like, um, will you sponsor me? And I said, I'm sorry, we're not sponsoring riders from Africa. We don't even have <laughs> enough money to sponsor riders in our own city at the minute. And he said, okay, anyway, I give you this secret. And he sent me a link to Flying Eagle, like with a bunch of photos of their skates. And I was like, whoa, these are really good. And, and then so we ordered some samples from them, like just one of each. And I mean, their quality is sublime, like absolutely amazing. I, I felt like the Falcon fit me the best fit I'd ever had. And I published a picture doing a trick on them. And then um, PowerSlide said, you can't import foreign uh skate brands because that goes against the rules of European I don't know whatever but I think Matthias was upset that I wasn't focusing on power slide but as a business I had to have more options otherwise I was not going to go anywhere mm-hmm. so I said fine that's it I've had enough of all of you I'm going to go for Flying Eagle and you guys can sell to me or not sell to me if you want it doesn't bother me and uh, then we just started importing a small amount for the shop uh, but then, by then, the whole of all the European brands blocked us, like boycotted us, uh, said that no one sells to Rorex anymore. Uh, on the other hand, Tracy from Flying Eagle was treating us so well and really helping us make it work. And uh, in a time where, obviously, business-wise, it was very stressful. We had a lot of investment. We didn't have enough products to fill the shelves. Uh, they came through for us. Um, I mean, we even got hacked. Like, our account got hacked for a lot of money. And we, we were like close to going. Yeah, it was a crazy story. And she she helped sort it out. It was amazing. Like, I mean, that's a story for another day. But we were about to literally just die after opening because of this. Like everything we had was taken. Uh, but she supported us through all of this. And then now Flying Eagle is what it is. You know, they help us. I help them for free with ideas and design and. And at the same time, they treat us incredibly well. So that's, um, they're, they're, they're my peeps now. They're my homies. And uh, <laughs> and do you have any I'm any really really any role with them right now? Do you work with them? You don't, or because I know yeah. that you, I've well, seen some now, of the social media for them, like the the um, Flying well, Eagle they, Europe and all that. I think that's made by you, right? 
what? Sorry, I've lost you. Uh, sorry. The, um, the social media for Flying Eagle Europe or something like that? Isn't that made by you? Yeah. Okay, but that's like yeah, a so way. what happened was um, because no one was selling to us, and but we were selling Flying Eagle, and it was going really well, we just said, well, why don't we become the distribution? So we opened a distribution company, which is Renegade Distribution, uh, mm -hmm. to distribute Flying Eagle. So apart from Roex, I also co-owned the Flying Eagle Europe distribution, which means that uh, as a distribution company, you have to run the media and everything. Mm -hmm. But I, mean, I help them when they have to do catalogs and stuff. I organize all the media. I organize the riders, uh, help with design, because obviously it's in my interest that the, the skates come out good. Um, so I guess I'm doing the same job I was doing for Power Slap. That's really cool. just managing from a distance. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, and since then everyone's got friendly again because I think Flying Eagle behaved very well. I think they're worried about a Chinese brand coming in and just causing havoc and cutting prices and making crappy products. But instead, they make good stuff, and we've made sure that everything's very clean. So, you know, we're working with the other brands again now, except Rollerblade, but, you know, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> but um, they, uh, everyone's made peace now. Everything's calm and, and cruising along nicely. And is there any yeah, new so product I, coming out that you want to talk about? Is there anything exciting? Uh, like, obviously, we've got all the new line coming next. It was the aggressive skate, wasn't it? The aggressive skate. Yeah, actually, the aggressive skate I've been working on for over two years. The problem is... Just as I was starting work on it, I got really ill, as you know, and uh, made it very hard. Also, being a small company, I didn't have my own 3D designer, and I couldn't, like, I had to make everything with clay. So I was literally mm -hmm. making products out of, like, you know, the stuff you have on your kid, and then heat. I the know, exactly. I, I, I do that because I'm in Africa, you know. <laughs> when yeah. I need to do something, <laughs> I do it in clay. I take pictures. As I can take so it to... Uh, because impossible to make it millimetric you know you make it all almost perfect you touch it a little bit it's like damn it let's <laughs> move it over so it's taken about two two years more or less but it's the final sample is being confirmed now so if if we're lucky we'll have uh, aggressive skates from flying eagle by um christmas is it, isn't it and frustrating it, like because i remember that you had the fr I, i've seen a, f a picture of a frame yeah. a few like maybe like a year ago and it seemed yeah. to be something that a few like two or three months ago ground control came out with that Just yeah like... i know in fact i was kevin was kevin chow was helping me make this frame uh and we had it all made and then he heard that ground control were making one or someone told me that ground control were making one almost the same and i was like ah crap um and I released the picture, even though I knew it wasn't ready, because as someone that doesn't have like a big team behind them, I would just wanted to hear all the feedback. So I basically read a hundred comments of what people said. Oh, this should be more like that. Why isn't it like this? Why isn't it like that? I took all that feedback and to develop it. And it's changed a lot since then. Uh, it's also changed the wheel size. Everything's changed. But um, I want, I didn't want people to think I was immediately copying ground control. Because it, it, it just wasn't ready, and we've been working on it for a long time. Yeah, but at the same time, you wanted but, to put uh, it out before I, people saying that you're copying. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, uh, it was for me. It was just I just wanted people to to know that we were trying to do something. Is it a, it is, it is it a soft ready. boot skate, a hard boot skate, a carbon thing? It's a it's a hard boot skate. Um, it's it's something that no one's done ever before, 
How about that? Huh? That's, cool. that's all I can say. I'm really, <laughs> I'm really that, afraid someone's going to leak it. That's I think a, it's also not aimed for like the hardcore aggressive. Mm-hmm. It's uh, something that's a bit different. But yeah. I don't want to say much because I want it to be really I see big wheels in it. It's not hardcore. It's big wheels things. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's, let's keep that, going. Let's keep going. Uh, we, we can stop like it right now. What? Sorry? <laughs> it's not like a Trimax. You don't like the Trimax? Have you tried a Trimax? No, no. No, I haven't. No, I mean, it's not like the Trimax. It's, it's not that big wheels. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be four times 66. Okay. That makes sense. It's sort of an in-between size for nowadays. Oops, that's me. That's my phone telling me I oh, need to work. Is it the musical part of the interview now? No, no, no. It's the it's my phone telling me that I need to work because I'm really, really bad with memory. So I had <laughs> Don't my forget phone. To work? No, it's my no, it's my phone with alarms telling me what I need to do at each time. Oh, okay. I was saying that if you have an alarm to tell you not to forget to work, I'm not surprised what happened with power side. <laughs> no, but check this. We were supposed fault. to start at eleven, and I told you we would be counting on like around two hours so it's 10 past yeah. one and my alarm just told me you need to do this <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> that's how like someone like me needs to organize otherwise i get myself i, just, I lose myself in my thoughts man i'm just like yeah <laughs> you goddamn hippie <laughs> <laughs> no i'm not a hippie that's the thing i i don't smoke or i don't even drink man janice is pregnant like i told you and like she's pregnant yeah, like congratulations. Eight, thank amazing. you so much man she's pregnant eight months thank you and Jeez. since she's pregnant i haven't been drinking not even one beer or anything like that i haven't been drinking anything that sounds terrible no it's good i can't complain Horrible. man i love it it's good <laughs> you're way more productive i love it <laughs> and i find i go crazy if i don't have any beers ever <laughs> no it's good like man when my baby comes, then I can have a beer every now and then. But it was good to be like <laughs> nine months. It's and until yeah. now it's eight, without drinking anything, which is a cool thing. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. That's that's good. Thank you so so much, man. And you were telling it's me because you're on big wheels. Yeah. <laughs> what? What did you say? Because you're a big wheel skater, not an aggressive skater. Anymore. <laughs> I skate a bit of everything. Ooh. I'm in fact playing a game. Have you seen it. that game? I'm playing a game of Blade with yeah, Philippe Zambardino. I, yeah, I saw it today for the first time. Actually, I hadn't, I hadn't seen it. Dude, before. have you seen what he did? What the trick that uh, the last trick he did? He's so good, though that guy. I know. I need to think of a, a good one now. He did like I don't know if I can. I think I can still do it. Maybe I don't know with the fakey because he did fakey to seventy backslide backslide to alley top soul to soul to front savannah. I can do the thing without fakey. I think I've never tried it. With the fakie, I don't know if I get speed enough. Wait, what are you going to do it on? On a ramp? Yeah, it needs, it's a mini ramp game I played. Jeez, impossible. Nah, it Give is. Give up now. <laughs> it, I, I think I can still do it, maybe. I'll try, I don't know. But my next trick, I need to go... Oh, man. <laughs> I need to go on, like, stupid shit. I can't do the normal tricks, otherwise he'll do it. He's way yeah, too good. Yeah, that's always the best way to win those games, anyway. Yeah, I need to, I need to go open books and stuff like that. <laughs> get involved with some X-Grind mixes. <laughs> The Randy Spicer. Remember the Randy Spicer shin slide. Start with the shins, yeah. That's a good idea. At least, at least if he wins, at least he's hurt his shin. Ah <laughs> oh, man, I'm, I'm just enjoying it, but I'm way too competitive for this. I just don't want to get hurt. Anyway, yeah. let's go. Let's get back to the interview. So I was going to ask you something in the beginning of. 
the your reply to my last question you're saying that since you got ill you didn't really you couldn't really focus that much on that aggressive skate project mm -hmm. um some people listening to this probably don't know what's happening with you do you do you instead of me saying what it is can can you talk a little bit about it and when did you yeah. find out and uh it's uh it's horrible it's really horrible like it, two years ago a bit less uh i started having like uh pain in my balls basically i'm gonna be honest mm -hmm. um and i thought it was from skating like i'd done some trick and it banged it or something and i went to different doctors and they were like oh it's it should be normal i think it's normal um luckily the second doctor said do you want to do an ultrasound just in case i was like sure why not and then they they were like looking around the area and they found a lump well like a dark mass inside my mm -hmm. stomach i guess and then that was around <laughs> september 2015 15 i think mm -hmm. um they decided that uh after a lot of back and forth and i got tax scans and stuff it was really scary at the time that I had a tumor, but they were like, it's very unlikely. It's a bad tumor. It's, it's going to be fine. We'll just operate on you. And I was going to be operated on the day after Christmas in, in Spain. And I went to the hospital and they were like, look, we've talked to another hospital and they think it might be more serious. Uh, we have to do a biopsy. And I was like, okay, I don't know. What any, I didn't know what any of this meant. I thought I was like, going to live forever, you know? And then they did a biopsy and I went to the, doctors and they were like uh listen we've got some bad news it's it's really bad and i was like what do you mean really bad they're like well we can't operate on you you've got a a tumor which is touching a lot of things um like a 10 centimeter tumor uh we can't operate on you but we're going to refer you to another hospital maybe they can i was like what do you mean what do you mean maybe they can what does it mean and they're like well if not you know it's probably too late and uh you know, maybe you can try some experimental drugs or I was like, what does that mean? Is, am I like, am I dead? Like, is this the end? Like, we can't say anything else. And I was like, is this a thing that happened? And they're like, this is one of 30 cases that has happened in the last <clears throat> 30 years, I think, worldwide, of the actual place where it is. Anyway, so no one called me for two weeks at this point. It was like, obviously, my family and my girlfriend and everyone were, well, me, we were all just blown away, but I didn't really know what it meant. <clears throat> and they finally decided they were going to try and operate on me, knowing that it was already a risky operation um, because it was touching both my arteries and my kidney. And they weren't sure if it was touching my liver, pancreas. They just didn't know how bad it was because it was growing so fast. Anyway, they did an operation on me, which lasted for about uh, 11 hours, I think. About, that, five, about when was that? This was last... March. Yeah, okay. I one, saw you before that before. then. That I saw you in Ispo. That was after Ispo. Not this Ispo, the yeah, one before. Yeah, just before the Ispo. Yeah, because they weren't sure then still if they were going to operate or not. And uh, and it was like a level operation. Obviously, I woke up and I was destroyed. You know, I couldn't walk for a long time. Um, and uh, the recovery, I'm still recovering now, you know, from that operation. Like, I can't move very fast. If I go upstairs, I get really faint. Uh, they took out one of my kidneys, they closed off my uh, vena cava completely, so one of my arteries is closed, and they put a bypass on my aorta, so my blood pressure is really slow, because it has to pump around from one artery. Um, 
basically ended my skating in terms of proper skating for yeah, a long I, time. I still see you skating every now and then. I still see. Yeah, you. I could. I like after a while, I could start rolling around. Again. Uh, there's still like a bunch of other medical problems, which like I still don't know how hard it's going to be for me to have kids, stuff like that, which really sucks. And then a year later, I got more tests, and it had come back again, you know, on my kidney. No, on my liver, sorry. And then so I had to do radiotherapy. And I've done, and I just got another operation last week. Um, so it's really, really hard for, for me, the hardest thing is the people around me, you know? Of course. Like man. my, I'm getting married next month. Then we both have to live with not knowing what the future is going to be. Um, my family, of course, because they're not, they don't live in this country. So, and I, I'm in hospitals like a lot every week, you know? It sucks. It's, uh, It's changed me in, in certain ways, you know. Like I, I'm not afraid of anything anymore, which is good, but it also means I'm very uh, angry. It made me angry. I think some people might end something like that thinking, yay, I have a second chance, what a wonderful life. For some reason, I've come out like, I don't know, like even the smallest things make me really angry. Not violent angry, just like... Yeah, not like uh, not that sensitive anymore, just like... It is what it no. is. Like, like it when, or not, that's what, it, like if, that's what I got. Yeah, like if Rollerblade or K2 do something I don't like, I just get furious and I want to blow up a, something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's a hard thing to deal with mentally because I think the whole life, you, you, people can go through stuff where they say, oh, my life sucks, my girlfriend broke up with me and I twisted my ankle. Or, you know, oh, shit, I lost my house keys. And then you always go, well, at least I have my health. But yeah. now I can't really say, oh, well, at least I have my health. It's just like, well, <laughs> at least I have a mobile is, phone. Is it painful for you? Because like the other day you told me, I was speaking with you Monday. Today is Thursday. So I was speaking with you Monday and we were trying to to organize this thing. And then out of nowhere, you just had to go to the hospital. Like, Yeah, well, they operated on my hydrocell on Wednesday last week. So I can't really walk properly. It was all swollen everywhere. I don't know. It's painful because I feel like an 80-year-old man. You know, I don't feel like a 35-year-old at all. I, mean, I get tired. I just get really tired all the time. And also worry. The actual operations, you know, they hurt for a week or two maybe. And then, then you feel start feeling better again. And then something else happens. Yeah, it sucks. Ah, man, it is what it is. You're here. We're talking yeah. about it. And you've done a lot of good things for what we love of course it's not the most important thing but you have like a family around you supporting you yeah and you're no, trying your best to get the best you can I, so. could, I could say it's at the same time it's been the best year of my life you know because um me and my fiance are just amazing together i love it and that makes me really happy you know and i've been, been in really difficult relationships in the past and that was as painful maybe or more <laughs> than this so it's all I think everyone, your biggest problem is painful, however big it is. If your biggest problem is you can't find a charger for your phone, that's stressful. Yeah, it, yeah. I think you get to a point where you don't, there's not like more stress, you just the way it is. It's the way it is. Okay. I can't complain. <laughs> <And laughs> I'm going to try to move away from that and then trying yeah. to get back into the, the, um, the main reason why we started doing this interview skating so like for someone who's been into skating for so long 
like you. When did when did you first start skating? I didn't make that question. I was, I was like eight years old. Yeah, you started like on inline quads. skates or roller skates first? Quads. I was on roller skates for many years, maybe till about 13, 14 from eight. Mm -hmm. Like the ones with cuffs, you know? Yeah. The no. Old school plastic type. Bauer Turbo. Rose's Turbo? Bauer Turbo? What's it like? I don't even yeah. know. But I don't know which <laughs> ones you're talking about. I think it's Bauer. Yeah. yeah, and they, I had both. I had Rose's ones and Bauer, and they both had like green wheels. I didn't want to go to inline skates. Everyone else was on inline, so I was like, nah, quads are way better. But you but were doing tricks on those. On a half pipe. What, were you doing tricks on uh, those? Not really, just, just just jumps and stuff. I, was, I didn't even know what tricks were. And then I saw like a, a Red Bull pipe demo on inline, and I was like, wow, we need them tomorrow. Do you remember the and guys doing the away. Red Bull demo? Who were they? Uh, they were all the English guys. Um, I don't, I just remember... Like one of them skating King 55s, and I thought they looked amazing. Oh, that was already the King 55s time, so it's not dead. Yeah, no, I, I didn't know aggressive skating existed for it was a long like time. like 98. Like my first then, aggressive skates were, Yeah, like 97, I started aggressive with Fifth Elements. Yeah. But I mean, I had been skating, but I didn't know aggressive skate. I was more like doing hockey with my friends and stuff. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know aggressive existed. It wasn't like the internet then, you know, it was... Um, whatever you found in magazines or stuff. Yeah, I know what you mean. I remember like, I was thinking about it yesterday, how excited I was like, because I come from a really tiny town in Portugal. So I remember in my tiny town back then, there was like um, um, only one magazine. It was called Roller Mag. Do you remember Roller Mag from France? Yeah. So I yeah. don't think they were that consistent. Every now and then they would come in two months and then then they would come oh, wait, every no, three I'm months. Crazy Roller. No, no it was roller. it was before Crazy Roller. No, it was like ninety five, maybe ninety six, probably. And I remember like there was like a little shop selling that magazine every now and then. And I remember run. It was like two k's from my house, and I remember running from my house to the shop like almost every week to see if the mm -hmm. magazine was there. But I remember putting it in my head like I'm not gonna think that the magazine is there. So if the magazine is there, I'm gonna be really really happy. But if the magazine isn't. Then I'm still yeah. I'm still not sad, so <laughs> something like that. But that's... It was like that with B Mag, uh, uh, not B Mag. I mean uh, uh, Daily Bread, and there was only one shop in Barcelona that had Daily Breads, and it was the same. We'd always go there and check. Uh, but before magazines that was were weird, cool, man. man. I remember, but yeah, it were. Now, now there's that. Have you seen the Tri Skate magazine from Kenneth? Did it? Have you seen it? No, no. I've just seen a photo of the cover. We took some photos for that actually at the shop. That's cool. You should get some at the shop then. <laughs> but it's not really the same. It's like a, it's, it's, it's like a, a power slide catalog, really, isn't it? I'd imagine. Uh, kind of. Not written. Yeah, you you'll see a lot of products. <laughs> it explains the products. It does, but it doesn't say yeah. these wheel is good for this. It says these sized wheels are good for this, which yeah. You can see it as a catalog, but you can see it as a magazine. It's like there's a lot of different people and a lot of different styles of skating. And it's not just by this product. It's like this size wheels, this type of frame is for this, which is... But it's an all power slide product. Yeah, from what I know, yes. I haven't seen... The, I've seen the magazine on an iPad, on Kenneth's iPad. I haven't seen uh, the, the printed yeah. issue yet. I'm waiting on it, so soon i'm waiting on an order here but my question that's why i started <laughs> that's why i made you the question if you when did you start skating because i was going to ask you for someone skating for that long how do you see skating going because somehow 
I don't want to think it's just me. So that's why I'm making a discussion. Somehow I feel like skating is growing and all this big wheel thing is bringing like old people that used to skate into skating. But for someone who's been teaching skating and working so much with skating, do you really think that somehow skating is growing? Is there like a new generation of skaters or not really? I mean, at least from where I live, um, definitely. I think that big wheel skating, although the aggressive world was very anti it in the majority, it's a really good evolution. You know, I think uh, pro skaters are so good. Um, and you like people getting into the sport, it's sort of way beyond. I think it's almost unmotivating to know that you can maybe get that good over 10 years, but you never really like make the money as it were, if that's what you want. It's fun, but this whole big wheel thing is, is also really good fun. And it's, uh, it's like a blank page right now. There's people are coming up with uh, like the mushroom plating stuff, which is sort of small technique stuff. You've got the, like the power side, more fitnessy stuff to get healthy. You've got a lot of young kids trying it, and you have the free, free skate stuff, which is not 100% defined yet. So you can sort of create a name for yourself. You can, it's so, it's like a, like I said, like a complete blank canvas. And it, I think it's really exciting to think that anything can happen. And I think you and said think something that's... which is important, which is somehow the, the aggressive skaters were like super, I wouldn't say picky, and maybe some still are, like blocking everything which isn't that type of skating. But this type of skating and the mushroom blading guys and whatever people have been doing with the big wheels and just free skating in general, somehow it's opening people's minds to other types of skating other than just grinding a ledge or just skating 10 meters, doing and the it, grind and, and come back. It's, and it's really hard. They're like slides and stuff are really hard. And uh, if you look at the new websites coming out, even for aggressive skating, like the Blade of Union one, you see it has a big wheel section as well, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, Almost every aggressive skater nowadays, they've started buying uh, free skates or Trimaxes or big wheels. If you'd have taken out the Trimax five or six years ago, people would be furious. And now people really, really like it. Um, and I, you know, I remember times when aggressive skaters would ask that I not take any pictures of them with big wheel skates, on, even though they'd use them all the time. But they're the same ones now that are constantly doing edits. You know, it's like it, it's already happening. And I think it's the best way to make skating grow. And I think from that mountain of people getting into big wheel skating, you know, many of them are going to go to aggressive. Of course they are, because once they feel like, you know, that they've learned as much as they want to on big wheels, of course, the next stage is aggressive. See, if we are, we have an aggressive skate classes and every single one of the aggressive skaters, maybe except one or two, are people that first bought free skates and then bought aggressive skates because they want to learn more stuff on skates because they love it, you know? Yeah, but that's why that's why I keep saying that's, all, I, that's why I think we need more kids because we need people to start skating and then they decide what they want to do if they want to play okay if yeah. they want to do figure skating if they want to whatever they just need to first get on skates so that makes total but sense. Learn how to like the enjoyment of flying around like your first skates were, I imagine, the sure bigger wheels than like aggressive, right? I mean, I had versus LAX, which were probably yeah, my first. Yeah, my first street skates they were like the Rochi street but before that like yeah. three years before that i had some speed skates some bond boots with mojama frame like 80 millimeters five wheels with like a speed skate 
but they were completely different. I used to love to roll, and then somehow I lost yeah. that passion because of the pressure. We still of competition. had it deep inside of us, I guess, because like all of the people from the last generation or our generation, we started on there in those 90s. Like we had big wheels, and then we loved skating, and then we wanted to learn how to grind. But I think maybe now the last 10 years, people immediately buy aggressive skates, and you almost walking on them to jumping on things it's, yeah it's, it's kind of like extreme you know like skateboarding also at that time that they went really really small on wheels and then they yeah. somehow starting bigger bigger until they find something which is like kind of like a standard now inline skating like yeah. aggressive skating kind of went like through that man it was like a 52 yeah. millimeter wheel from elegy if i'm not wrong my wheel i have like we said before for two years in a row i had a 54 i think that was gonzo wheel from elegy also was a 53 so there were like small wheels but i think it was kind of like a testing you know like going extremely small and now it's like now it's going probably not it's even going bigger i don't know if it if they're going to do the same with the small size but going to the extremes of big wheels and then also you see some people going to super super hard wheels are they trying to find that extreme hardness the most extreme hardness that you can go i don't know mm. have you tried to skate i with... guess we all experiment it's nice that people are accepting all these different things you know maybe five years ago so if someone had said oh i'm gonna use 62 millimeter wheels on my skates they're like oh that's cheating that's terrible you're a fitness skater yeah but and some nowadays, people still like some really brands matter. still don't accept it huh some brands are yeah, like you you won't see are. any of the velo riders skating a power blading frame or a three wheel skate no. i respect that it's there they want to be like they want to get restricted to that type of skating but i don't know somehow i think also valor is 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 a american brand you know an american skate scene is, is very different is it really europe. american you know, europe is <laughs> well obviously not it's italian but i mean their, their marketing is from america so you know, the Americans don't generally have that much respect for things coming out of Europe. I would say a risk of being in trouble. But uh, in Europe, we we have really good cities for skating. We don't drive like I don't know anyone that owns a car almost. You know, it's, and our cities are a lot older, and there's a lot more interesting architecture to play with. I think uh, I can understand that if you live in you know, outside Los Angeles or something, you're not really going to want to big wheel skate much because where are you going to go? Just around the, the hood. You can still go a lot faster, man. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I think uh, you always have the straight edge in the same as music. You know, you have the punk fans and the Justin Bieber fans. Yeah, like people have different tastes and I respect that. Yeah. So that's it. Yeah. Going back to the America thing, I don't want to make anyone mad, but do you have any idea how many skaters that are in America? Because like there are still some brands focusing their marketing in the American market, but do we have that many skaters in America? Not that I, I mean, I I'm, know talking, that I'm talking aggressive skating, not even free skating, but we'll go there after. It's I mean, like I, I have no idea about the American market, but from what I hear from rumors and stuff, I think that the sales are much much lower than europe i mean uh i like aggressive is a mystery you know you, you see the same videos of the same people mainly and rarely you know you see a few new names pop up and stuff but how many of these skaters even buy their skates you know i don't know like, yeah, that's why when I, when I was a kid you go to a skate park 
to be hundreds of people on use gates. Now I just don't. I mean, I live in a city which has thousands of bladers, and I sell barely any aggressive skates. And mm. the ones that come, they're like, "Do you have anything secondhand?" It's, it's just yeah. I, I, I cut. I don't know. And I still see that like the the ones having the new skates somehow. The ones the, the one skaters that have the new skates usually are the ones that get the skates given, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, but maybe it's the people I sur I'm surrounded by. I don't know. So maybe not I the best know. example. I don't know. Yeah, but you don't have, I can't think of people releasing edits like first day on my brand new something or others. Like, you know, but I also feel like what skates would you buy? I'm not excited about any skates at the minute. Back in the day, is like, oh, the new Cyrus, the new CRS. The wait, my dog just went like... mad. Wait, 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 just a second. Daiko, come here. Come here. Come here. Woo. Someone might be outside stealing something. My dog just went mad. <laughs> Daiko, <laughs> come here. It's not funny. Come here. Come. South Africa, man. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. You can get back into it. <laughs> Someone stole my headphones. Um... I think uh, I think I'm, yeah, like only excited skate that I can think of right now is the Eon. Yeah, have you tried the Eon? I think it like no, I don't really like it. The idea. <laughs> I love it, man. I, I, want, I still want to try some stuff with mine. I got the sixties. I had the seventy-two, but now I just skate the sixties. But I still want to try to skate the sixties with a little bit bigger wheels, just in front and back, and then probably use them with anti-rockers just to try. I don't know. Yeah. I like how I'm loading. having a, a serious crisis of skates. Like, uh, um, that, uh, like I'm sure the Aeon's good, but I like I know when I like a skate or not just by looking at it. And uh, I thought I liked the K2s, but they bruised my ankles. Or like both sides of both ankles completely bruised from skating. And they're so stiff. Yeah, a lot of people say and, that they're really stiff. Yeah, but they like say that they, they like block they block the um, the the cuff to to bend back. Right? Is that it? You can bend it. Yeah, it's bent back, but even side to side, like, I love stiff skates, but I took these off and my ankles were blue on both sides, and I was like, that's, that's not good enough. They're just, that's not good enough. <laughs> and then before that, the last skates I used were TRS, like some Alpha, whichever ones, I don't know, Alphas, I think. Yeah, I saw those with uh, with big wheels, the yellow wheels. Yeah, so. but the new Flight Eagle ones, they're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> best skates ever in the world actually i do like them a lot i'm testing them i was testing them before my last operation but it's hard to test things when you're bloody yeah. sick all the time and how do you do like somehow barcelona still have a lot of skaters right how do you do mm. to test a pair of skates in barcelona without no one leaking pictures of your skates um it's really hard and it's i really tricky, huh? hope that I mean, luckily, I have a grind box and I have people that I can say very seriously to. So far, like if anyone's testing them, I'm with them. I'm not letting any pictures get out. You know? mm -hmm. uh, but some people have pictures, but I really don't want them to go online. Uh, also, I only get the, as far as I know, I think I only get the samples delivered to me so I can control it. Because, for example, what happened to razors now, it's terrible. It's terrible. Like that photo was really not a very good photo of those skates you know the switches yeah but who, who put that picture out there it looked like it was a shop wasn't it yeah i think it was a shop because you know obviously they i mean like i got sent that picture in january 
not that one, but like a, a picture of the skate in January. And so did all the shops in my email list, like maybe 30, 40, 50 shops. So like a lot of people have seen those skates, but no one on the internet. Um, but you just sort of have to respect that. But when shops release pictures, it's like, oh man, when I was working for PowerSign, shops, that it would just destroy you because nothing would come out maybe for three weeks. And by the time that, oh no, maybe three months, and then other sales would be affected. Leaking is terrible. Yeah, sometimes the leaking people... was controlled, like with Mind Game. Mind Game somehow, it felt like they knew what they were doing when something was leaked, you know? Yeah. But that's yeah. a different thing. That's like... A... Oh, you can definitely leak on... Like I leaked uh, like those frames, but it was really just because I wanted feedback, not because I was, they were being released, you know? But mm -hmm. you can do clever leaking, but not obviously raises... It sucks because you could tell that they emailed everyone. Take this down, take this down, take this down. It's too late. It always makes it even more exciting for everyone to share it before they get taken down, you know? It's quite sad because like, I like what Andy has been doing. Like A lot of people complained about Andy just investing a lot in scooters and all that. But the truth is, if he wasn't doing the scooter thing, there wouldn't be any money to put back on Razor. So. Yeah, I think that no one can be judged unless they're like slaving children um yeah, my philosophy is 100% skater oh no my philosophy my business 100% skater run uh we only sell inline skates but i don't think that we're any better people than someone that sells yo-yos i don't it doesn't matter if that's what your business model is why shouldn't it be yeah, um, that makes and sense. i think you know if andy saw a good chance for example if if i saw someone in the street selling I don't know, iPhones for 200 euros, I'd buy them all and then I'd sell them myself just because it doesn't make me a bad person. It's just sometimes yeah. smart business, you know, you have to survive. Of course, man. And like how many and... people live from skating? Only very few people and now <laughs> even less. So No one pretty much now, I guess. Like 10 people maybe. Hey, you do if you have your own shop. That's why oh, I'm yeah. talking about I living mean, from skating, I mean, not skaters. really. Oh yeah, I'm balling. I can't even afford headphones. <laughs> Man, but to, the thing is, like 2017, being a pro skater in 2017, it's not the same as being a pro skater in 2001 or two. It's not about just being good at skating. It's a lot more than that, man. Being you a pro, have to contribute. Yeah. You, you have to be, man, the most professional skater that I know, it's for sure. And you, I'm pretty sure that you... you Wait, we, you, say the, we do three, two, one and say it at the same time. Okay, three, two, one, Nick Lomax. Nick Lomax. <laughs> <laughs> Man, he's like, he's amazing. He's the only one that, amazing. He, like, he films, he edits, he skates all types of skating. He's cool with kids. He's, he, yeah, he's amazing. He's like, and and it, not only he's also extremely loyal. He's uh, he's a good person. He's honest, um, and he gets up early to go out skating every day. That's yeah, he's professional. That. He's the 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 most professional skater that I've that I have ever met, and yeah. I really Me respect too. that. Like when I used to go on tours with him and a bunch of other skaters, like a lot of them would just be wasted, hungover, and he would have drunk as much, probably more. <laughs> They're more destroyed than anyone. And he would get there and he would perform like nonstop. And then he would collapse, whatever, you know, back at the hotel. <laughs> but on the next day, him again. And I, we, you just, that, you, as team manager, you can't put like a price on that. Right? He saved stops. Like when kids were, disappointed because their favorite pros were not doing anything other than drinking a beer and crying in a corner <laughs> and then nick's flying about you at the end it's just like nick man you saved that stuff again 
Det är ju Mr. Times. Nej. Do I miss those times? No, I've grown out of it now. At the time, it was fun. And looking back, like the stories are like being a rock star, and that's amazing. But you don't want to do that when you're older. But I mean, I wouldn't change it for the world. Like it makes you really strong, uh, character-wise. You know, to put up with all kind of stuff in the future. But wait, there I'd goes my gangster dog. It. Wait, there goes my gangster dog. He's about to get him. Get him. <laughs> <laughs> Told you. You weren't safe. <laughs> <laughs> Becca, come here. Come here. Come. Come. There's a guy on a bicycle just outside, outside the gate. And the gate is kind of far from here. So, Man, I got a good guard dog. I've seen your dog. I'm not sure I would protect you from that many. <laughs> no, but it's just weird, man. You know what? Somehow in Africa, black people are scared of black dogs. I don't know why. But it's, I don't know, it's something, if, I don't know why. I seriously don't know why. And they're so scared of black dogs and somehow they feel it. So. That's crazy. They tend to, yeah, see? I think my dog is just telling me it's time to finish this, huh? <laughs> okay. I, I suppose, I think by now if someone's still listening, it's longer than the Titanic. Oh, no, not that. We'll see. No, it's I think. Film like. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's people interested. Interested you should in offer this. someone a prize if they've got this far. Don't tell anyone. Then say, now, if you've got this far, you get a free... I don't know. Okay. Uh, Let's like. see. So if, if, <laughs> if someone listened to this until now, they just need to, to leave a comment <laughs> saying that they want a free class at your shop. Or they, get like a anyway, per, they sure. have a 5% <laughs> discount at your shop. There you go. 5% discount. And they can send me an email for that 5% discount. Okay. See? Uh, we, we're going to make the best. <laughs> we, can, we can call it the lion lion. <laughs> the lion. Rawr. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, lion, Holly, man. Lion. Oh, good, man. Thank you so much for having the time to listen. No, to no, no, man. It's so good. And um, I hope you feel better soon, man. If you need anything, I yeah, told you before, you so I'm going to tell you as many times as I need to. If you need anything that I can do for you, I'm here. And um, I'm sorry about <laughs> the way I felt about you when I was doing a bad job. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I'm sorry that I caused that too. There's always takes two to tango. And uh -huh. thanks for the offer. The only thing I needed this morning was headphones. <laughs> anyway, uh, Thank you so much for everything. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm sure you're inspiring many people with your project. Thank you so much, man. Really, really appreciate it. Huh? Let's stay yeah, in touch then. Bye. Thank Thanks, you. Bye. Bye. And that was the end of this conversation with Mr. Oli Bennett. I hope you enjoyed this one. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you want to listen to more of these and if you want to watch any of my skate-related videos. Bye. Cheers. Até quando?